how long was Supert's jersey retirement ceremony? Seattle Storm beat writer at the next Rowan Shaper joins host Natalie Heverin to answer that question and more about Supert, the Seattle rookies, and where the team is heading after its one and six start to the season. Ogumba Wallet for the win. You are locked on women's basketball. Your daily podcast on women's basketball. Hello and happy Tuesday. You are locked on to women's basketball. I'm host Natalie Heverin, and I'm a features writer and the Atlantic 10 beat reporter for the next. Thanks for making Locked On Women's Basketball your first listen every day. And remember, Locked On Women's Basketball is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. Today's episode is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNBA for $20 off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. Today, Rowan and I will be chatting all about Sue Bird's jersey retirement ceremony. Rowan was there for all of it, as well as the Seattle Storm's four rookies and where the team is after its one and six start to the season. Joining me today is Rowan Schaber, who covers the Seattle Storm for the next. So we, we've talked about this a little bit, but how long was this jersey retirement ceremony? I think it clocked in at two hours and 55 minutes, I believe. Um, I was kind of zoned out by the end, so it felt like it had been about three hours, and I think that that was confirmed by Kevin Pelton. He recorded the entire thing, and I checked in with him, and he said two hours and 55 minutes. So we all... Uh, we're expecting a lot of pomp and circumstance uh, behind this jersey retirement for how much Sue Bird has meant to the city of Seattle. What was the overall vibe? What did this uh, ceremony consist of? The overall vibe was a lot more positive than um, her final game in Seattle last season. I think that that final game, there was just a lot of kind of unknowns and um, everyone was a little bit nervous because, you know, the the fans and just the city of Seattle has never seen the Seattle Storm or they have seen the Seattle Storm, but not for a very long time without Sue Bird. So it was just a lot of nervousness and just, you know, what is to come um, for a team that has been led by the same person for 21 seasons. Um, so this was a lot more positive. I think everyone now knows what the team looks like and we know all the, you know, everyone knows all the pieces that we have. So it was just more of a celebration. It kind of felt like a family reunion, you know, everyone coming together um, to celebrate one person. Um, Subert actually said she felt like it felt like a wedding and a funeral at the same time because everyone was talking about her like you would at a funeral. But it was just really exciting and, you know, happy and sharing stories um, like a wedding. So. So who was there who was speaking, you know, aside from Super herself, I'll, I'll get to a couple of questions about her in a minute. But who was there? Who was celebrating her? Um, so the co-hosts of the night were Megan Rapino, who, you know, obviously is um, Sue Bird's fiance, and then Macklemore, who, you know, is a another Seattle legend. Um, and he, they both co-hosted the night, which was great. They were both, you know, the perfect people to kind of speak in front of 
15,000 plus people at Climate Pledge Arena. And then um, I can't, I can remember all of them, but not how many there are right now. But um, there were only a few people that got to actually stand up and have the stage to talk about Sue. Lauren Jackson was one of them, who's the only other person that has had their jersey retired um, from the storm. Um, Swin Cash, WNBA legend, went to college with Sue. Um, Jenny Busick, who was a longtime coach, um, assistant, and head coach of the storm. Um, and then Lindsay Kagawa Colas, who was um, is Sue's longtime agent. And that, I believe, was it. Yes, that was it. <laughs> Swin Cash was personally my favorite speaker. Uh, you could tell she'd known uh, Sue Bird for a long time, had a lot of stories, probably uh, some that uh, she can't say in front of 15,000 people. Um, but, you know, what was Bird's reaction throughout the ceremony and what did she have to say? Sue definitely seems like, you know, everyone was saying this as well, that she doesn't really like all the attention on her, which is interesting because, you know, that's what she has had this, you know, for the past 21 years and just especially in this last year. So you could kind of tell that she was a little bit uncomfortable, um, but she was just really, you know, she seemed really happy to hear what everyone had to say and, you know, telling all of these stories. And, you know, even Megan Rapino said that, you know, Sue has a hard time just kind of stepping back and actually realizing what she has meant to the game of basketball, women's basketball, Seattle, and um, and that Megan had been encouraging her to really soak in the moment um, because a lot of it, you know, Sue hadn't actually thought about what people were saying about her. So it seemed like she was a lot more open to, you know, kind of bragging about what a great career that she's had and listening to stories and really truly listening to how, you know, she has impacted other people. And, you know, what was the reaction from the fans uh, when the jersey was unveiled? Um, maybe a little bit later than they thought, um, but, you know, what was their reaction? The reaction was, I mean, I think a little bit of excitement from the fans, just that the ceremony was kind of coming to a close. It was a really, really great ceremony. And, you know, the people that stuck around, I think had a great time listening to all the stories, but there were definitely some people in the crowd that were kind of like, finally, like, you know, so glad to actually see it going up. So, um, but it was a really, really great moment. The, the Storm organization did a really great job of just the whole event. Um, you know, when the Jersey went up, they had I don't know what they're called, like little smoke cannons um, and, you know, confetti that had um, her, you know, a picture of her on it. Just it was really well done. Um, it was definitely the pomp and circumstance that everyone was talking about, you know, just rising up to the rafters, a giant banner. Um, so I definitely saw some tears from fans, um, lots of, you know, just lots of standing ovations throughout the entire night. But that was just kind of the moment that, you know, topped it all off and fans were just really excited to see that go up. And uh, if I understand this correctly, the fans were probably in the arena for close to seven hours between pregame and then the game itself. And then this all, I think, tipped off after postgame concluded. And that was another three hours. Um, so, you know, what is that dedication like from the fans? Um, and what does it show that Sue Bird is meant to the city of Seattle? That, that is the perfect way, yeah, to describe what that was because there were people, I got there at 8 a.m. 
um, four hours before tip off and there were already fans waiting out there um, outside of Climate Pledge Arena. And it was just it, it really is unreal to see the way that the fans are, you know, are just they, they love Sue and um, how they show up for her. And just yeah staying in the <laughs> staying in the arena for that long i know that when a lot of people left the arena they hadn't seen the sun in like seven hours for me it was like nine so it was just kind of everyone was like ah, and you know it seemed like it was a long day but it was really really great to see how many people showed up and also how many people showed up for not only the ceremony but were there for the game before um i think that obviously the ceremony was kind of the um, the thing that people came for, um, but seeing the way that all of the fans supported um, the Storm, you know, in their big comeback yesterday, um, they did end up losing the game. But um, even Noel Quinn said that their support throughout the game really pushed them off that 28 point deficit hump and um, that she was just so happy that everyone showed up for Sue, but also just for the team in general. Um. And what was your favorite moment or moments? Uh, I, I would understand if you can't pick just one. I think my favorite moment was I really enjoyed hearing her talking about um, each specific team. I, I think someone tweeted this as well that, um, you know, a lot of people with retirement ceremonies, they'll, they'll name a few people. Um, but Sue really went above and beyond with you know, thanking people from, you know, people that work for the storm to basically every teammate that she has had on every championship team she named. And so I just thought that, that, you know, everyone talks about her care for other people. And that really showed, um, you know, just how much she, she thanked all of these people that she said that she was a sponge to, you know, just all of these people that she was like, you think that I have these qualities, I have these qualities because of these other people that I've played with. And just stories that, um, you know, none of us as, you know, fans, journalists, like none of us would know these stories because they all happen kind of within the team. Um, I really liked hearing all of her stories about her adjustments to Seattle. Um, I think my favorite part was she was talking about when she found out that the Seattle Storm won the first draft lottery. I didn't actually know that it, that that year that they won the draft lottery was the first ever draft lottery in WNBA history. And so she was at a UConn, um, I think she was at weights or a warm-up uh, or a practice, and someone came and they're like, Seattle won the draft lottery. And she was like, oh, dang it. Like, where is that? I don't even, you know, like she really didn't want Seattle to win the draft lottery. So I thought that that was funny. And then, you know, her talking about when she got to Seattle and, kind of adjusting to all of its quirks, um, you know, coming from the complete opposite side of the country. And this, the fans really enjoyed that as well, because, you know, as Seattleites, everyone kind of, you know, knows different things. And so knowing that she really is a Seattleite at heart now is really fun. Um, and last question on this topic, um, you know, can you see a three hour Jersey retirement? I think it's kind of the first of its kind. Is this something that you think we'll see for another WNBA player? I would hope so. I think that it was really special that, you know, the that the Storm kind of gave her the floor to do that. Um, I think that it was smart that it was, you know, after the game. I know that sometimes they're at halftime, but it really felt like 
Sue had the time to say everything that she wanted to say. Um, we had, you know, we had a media press conference after the ceremony and she was like, I don't know what else to say at this point. Like, you know, I've said everything that I need to say. And it just seemed really therapeutic for her as she's moving into this next chapter to kind of get everything maybe not off her chest, but just to thank everyone that has helped her through this really long career. I saw someone else say, you know, three hours of a speech is probably about the same amount as 21 years of a career. And um, I think for someone that has had a career as long as her, that three hours was, you know, it perfectly encapsulated everything. So I would really love to see um, more of that. I'm not sure how long Sylvia Fowles um, ceremony was yesterday, um, but I would love to see that kind of, you know, teams honoring to give, you know, the the um, person having their jersey retired as much time as they want to just kind of say everything that they need to say and thank everyone that they need to thank. Awesome. Well, coming up next, we'll get into how the four Storm rookies are adjusting to the WNBA. Today's episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. For a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to my garage and look for the green check to know the part will fit or your money back. Because just like in sports, Confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay, guaranteed fit, only available to U.S. customers, eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Thanks for making Locked On Women's Basketball your first listen every day. So Rowan, uh, you recently wrote about Seattle's four rookies, Jordan Horston, uh, Jade Melbourne, uh, Dulce Fankan uh, Menjiadu, and Ivana Doikic. So overall, how has their adjustment been to the WNBA? It's rare to see four rookies. They all have kind of talked about how um, having four of them helps them all adjust better because they can all adjust together. But so far, I mean, we're, you know, seven games into the season and their roles have all kind of changed a little bit already just in these first seven games. Um, I, in talking to the four of them, it seems like the general consensus is that the mental adjustment has been harder than the actual in-game adjustment. Um, You know, two of them, well, three of them, I guess, Dulce, Ivana, and Jade, um, are all international. And then, you know, they're all kind of different ages and different experience levels. You know, Ivana and Jade have already played professional basketball before. So they're all kind of at different points of their, you know, rookie career, or, you know, they're all rookies, but they're all at different points of their careers. And so um, just all of them kind of have different mental adjustments that they have to make either being in a new country or just being in a new city or you know taking on a new role um so i think that i'm really adjusting um to the physicality and just the play of the WNBA. but i do think that it took all of them a little bit and it will still take them a little bit until the end of the season were you expecting them to contribute as much as they have this season 
To be honest, I I think that it's I think I did um, just because when you look at the Storm's roster, um, I, I expected kind of what is going on to try as many different people as possible. Like if you look at all seven games, you know one person might have. 15 minutes one game and then zero minutes the next game. And that's just kind of the way that Noel Quinn and her staff are trying to figure out, um, you know, which rotations are the best. So I expected them to, you know, get some playing time to see how they fit into the system. But I do think that um, they are getting more minutes than I expected them to get at this point in the season. I think that they've actually adjusted pretty quickly um to you know being in a team that has a completely different identity a new leader a new you know just system um so seeing them all be able to fit into that um pretty well um has surprised me and you talked on you touched on this a little bit but what has their learning curve been like uh you know coming from so many different backgrounds um, but all landing in the same spot and all getting some playing time early this season yeah, I think that um, they all have had, it seems like they've all had different learning curves. For some, you know, for Jordan Horston, for example, I think it was a kind of a confidence um, learning curve and just realizing, you know, going from being a star at Tennessee to now kind of trying to start over in this new league. I think that that, um, you know, that confidence piece was a little bit difficult for her. Um, and then, you know, with Ivana and Jade, I think just them finding where they fit into this roster as, um, you know, Noel Quinn is looking for a new point guard and just all of them have had their individual um, learning curves that I think they're slowly overcoming, but um, they're still definitely not fully over them yet. And, you know, talking about the rookies a little more specifically, Horston has scored in double figures the last three games. You know, how has she surprised you this season and maybe surprised uh, fans? Yeah, I think at the at the beginning, a lot of the times, you know, when there's a first round draft pick, um, people just expect them to come in and do really well. And I think that if you look, you know, even at the number one picks um, in, you know, in the past, that usually doesn't happen. Um, and I think that people were expecting her to kind of do more um, offensively kind of beginning the season, but that didn't happen. And I think that's okay. Um, I can completely see just a huge boost in confidence um, since the first two games to now, the first, you know, few games, um, the storm played Las Vegas, they played New York, um, in there and, uh, she had some really difficult defensive assignments and she wasn't really connecting offensively. It just, you know, I think that that defense kind of discouraged her a little bit. So offensively she didn't do as well. Um, but just in the past few games, I've seen her, you know, facing up and, and, you know, shooting so much more confidently when she wouldn't even really want to shoot, um, you know, towards the basket before she just was, you know, trying to kind of get a layup in, but now she's, you know, pulling up, she's, you know, shooting incredibly confidently, rebounding confidently. And I think that that has been the game changer for her in these last three games and the game changer for the storm. I think, you know, you can see little strides being made and I think she's a huge reason for that and that confidence is just going to keep growing if she keeps playing the way that she is 
And overall, you touched on this a little bit uh, in your story that came out early this month, but how do you think the rookies will be able to continue to grow and develop throughout the season? I think that they will all just, like I said, keep um, going the way that they are going. I think that everyone is showing really great progress. You know, Jade Melbourne looks like she might be in the running for starting point guard. She's been having a lot more minutes than um, Yvonne Turner, who's the current starting point guard. Um, Ivana Dojkic, she just is so confident. Um, and now it's starting to kind of connect um, scoring wise. She had 12 points yesterday. So I think that the more that they get in the game and are playing, which I, it seems like Noel Quinn is putting them in the game a lot more and um, they will just continue to become really big pieces of this team. Coming up next, we'll discuss where the storm are going after the team's one and six start to the season. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make a fast break to FanDuel during the NBA playoffs because right now new customers can get a no sweat first bet up to $2,500. That's $2,500 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. FanDuel not only has great promotions every single day, but they also have a safe and secure app that allows you to get paid instantly. I love how easy it is to use the FanDuel app. You can place a bet in just seconds and with only a couple of clicks, it doesn't get any easier than that. There's no better place to bet all the playoff action than America's number one sports book. And now that the WNBA season is in full swing, you can bet on that as well. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and get a no sweat first bet up to $2,500. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, official sports betting partner of the NBA. So Rowan, you've you've gotten a, a first row seat uh, pretty much for what's going on in Seattle. So with the team at one and six, where do they stand and what's next for the team? I mean, starting at one and six obviously was not the goal um, for, you know, Noel Quinn and the rest of the team. But I do admire the fact that um, all of them seem to be pretty positive um, when it comes to, you know, just thinking about how they have improved, even if they're not winning games. And I think that, you know, we even saw it yesterday um, when they played the Washington Mystics, you know, started off just really poorly. Um, you know, once trailed by 28 points, they sat at 10 points for about almost a full quarter. Um, but they rallied back, you know, 17 and 0 run and got them back in the game. And just seeing that they have the ability to do that, I think um, you know, Noel Quinn and the players said is really um a testament to you know the work that they're doing in practice. So I think that they are headed in the right direction. Um, but just figuring out how to finish games is gonna be the biggest thing going forward because there have been a lot of missed opportunities to win games. Moving off, like building off of that, you know, how have you seen the team grow or develop over the last seven games? Um, while they may not have been able to finish out games, has there been progress made in that area? I, I think so. I think that um, now it feels like um, all of them are starting to get a feel for how to play with each other. And also, you know, Noel Quinn is starting to get a feel for what are the best rotations and who plays together the best. But she's definitely still trying out some lineups. You know, even last night I saw 
um, some people on the court at the same time that I'm not sure if I had seen together before. So, um, and really any given night, you don't really know who is going to play and who's going to get a lot of minutes. So I have seen those you know, kind of roles come into, um, you know, what it seems like it's going to be for the rest of the season, but there's still a little bit of um, unknowns there, but I've definitely seen, like I said, the confidence growing, the chemistry growing as well. They are, they seem like they have great chemistry despite not being able to connect that, you know, with wins, but um, it seems like they are all really gelling as a group and that always kind of can transfer onto the court as well. And what do you think uh, are the next steps for the team or what do you see happening in the next month or so? I can see, you know, a road trip that hopefully will be helpful for them. They're headed to Phoenix, um, Las Vegas and Dallas. And, you know, that home, home court advantage has seemed to really help despite not getting those wins. I think, you know, just even yesterday with, um, you know, with their run, um, that crowd, like I said, they were, they were all there for Sue, but they really ended up helping the team. So I'm hoping that it's kind of, you know, that road trip is a time to work out, you know, all the kinks and come back and, um, you know, be in, you know, their home court advantage. And um, I think that the next steps are just really figuring out a solid um, starting lineup and rotation because right now, you know, Jordan Horston started the game for the first time yesterday. Like I said, it looks like Jade Melbourne might be um, heading to the starting lineup as well, just if we're looking at minutes. So just really getting that set in, I think will be key for everyone understanding exactly what their roles are. Um, and then they can move on to just really focusing on those roles. And what stories are you working on right now? I am currently working on um, a story about Jewel Lloyd, who's leading the entire league in um, average points per game, kind of head and shoulders above everyone. She's, you know, averaging 28 points right now. And um, the next person below her, ironically, is Brianna Stewart. And um, she is averaging 23.7, I believe. So, Yesterday, Jewel didn't have as good of a game as she has. She only had 16 points, but that still is keeping her up at the top. So I still have some time to get that story out when she is still averaging the most in the league. So she's looked really great this season, and I'm excited to see how long she can kind of keep that. Yeah, I think every player is is okay if they have uh, 16 points. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> thank you for joining me today, Rowan. Where can the people find you and your work? Um, I am just what's below me at Rowan Shaberg on um, Twitter and Instagram. Awesome. Thanks for making Locked On Women's Basketball your first listen every day. Every dayers, make sure to tune in tomorrow.